What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Legacy Quest podcast, where we're brought to you by Bowman Legacies, making life better for the blue-collar worker, one CEO at a time, all the while striving to encourage the world. What is up, everybody? Love you guys. I hope you're having a phenomenal week this week, and if not, hey, I love you. You've got this. You absolutely can get through this. I believe in you, and you have greatness within you to get through whatever it is you're facing today. Hey, look, I don't know about you, but I really do suffer with a lot of depression and anxiety. Ever since I was a kid, I have always dealt with those two things, and sometimes I've dealt with it not so well, right? And there, there's some place that I want to help you today, if, you, if you're like that, that is one of my first go-tos that I have to ask myself when I'm starting to feel like the pressure and the weight of the world around me, especially in today's, you know, like social climate. In today's social climate and atmosphere, oh my gosh, you know, we have got so much going on, right? The world is on fire right now. And it's, it's, it's insane to see all those things. And, and I understand about social responsibility. I also understand before I say any of this stuff, before I, I, I talk about like, you know, what I go through, I am not saying shut the world off and be ignorant of what's going on. OK, you know, I, I believe that every citizen of this world needs to be properly informed so you can make proper decisions. Right. But when I'm feeling all that anxiety because the weight of the world is on my shoulders, the weight of this business, the weight of being a dad in the mix, the weight of being a, a, a husband that's striving so hard to still keep it um, hot at home <laughs> I have to ask myself, okay, I understand I'm feeling anxiety. I'm feeling anxious. Where First thing I ask myself is, where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? And typically for me, as it pertains to being anxious or feeling anxiety and depression, the where is a real hard place to point a finger to at times. Sometimes there's a single source. Sometimes there's a single source. Something has caused me to spiral something uh, that I've interacted with or someone. And then, so when I ask that first question, where is this coming from? It's easier for me to answer when it's just one thing. But a lot of the times, anxiety and depression is so overwhelming and big. It isn't always just about one thing. But I always ask myself that because if I can say, hey, it's, it is this one thing that's causing me this this problem, then I can stop and break that issue down and try to think for myself and look at where I'm not looking at this situation properly, where my mindset is closed to this situation. And instead of banging my head against the wall, can I climb over it? Can I go around it? And let's look at this logically, pulling all the emotion out of it. Because when I say, where's this coming from? If there's this one thing, then I can absolutely deal with it. But if it's not, and it's that overarching, huge anxiety, like you're, you even feel it in the pressure in your ears, you feel it inside of your chest, you feel it in your gut, and it's affecting your entire body and mindset. I will have to say my number two, after going saying, hey, number one, where's this coming from? And number two, how much time have I given to downtime. How much time have I given to downtime? And before, before I give you the answer to that, one of the things I, I'll never forget talking to a man from Germany and he said, man, he goes, Michael, um, how many hours do you work this week? And I said, well, I've worked uh, um, 
82 hours this week. 82 hours in what? This is one week? This is 82 hours in one week, Michael. Yes, 82 hours in one week, and I didn't work Sunday. So that gives you an idea of, of how many hours I worked. And I remember him looking at me, and he said, how often do you do this? And I said, well, I'm working 60 to 80 hours, and I've been doing this at a stint of about five months now. Every week, I said, I have had those 50-hour weeks, which isn't too bad. Um, but it, this whole summer has been this way, you know, or actually this whole year so far, five months. And he said, Michael, you have no time for cafe. You have no time for friends and beers. You have no. And I was like, no, 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 no. He had no concept of being able to understand that because he knew something I didn't know at that time. And that's essential downtime. How much have I been devoting to essential downtime? You see, in our society today, there are so many distractors. There's so many things that are trying to grab your attention today. And it used to be when I when I was a kid long ago, when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Hmm, it used to only have television that bothered you or radio that distracted you. And you had commercials and people that were trying to always grab your attention, right? And it, it were always telling you, don't sit so close to the television. <laughs> so many people in television. And they used to say back then, don't watch so much television. It'll rot your mind. Like candy will rot your teeth. TV will rot your mind. And it's so funny because people are carrying a television everywhere they go with your cell phone. And I just watched a, um, a reel done by the Chinese uh, someone in China that's showing people falling in manholes because they're on their phones, falling downstairs, getting hit by cars. It was brutal because they're carrying their television everywhere they go. Right. And with all of these apps, it's staggering to see between Instagram, TikTok, um, uh, Facebook and um, Spotify, YouTube, how much time the world is spending on their phone daily. It is unbelievable. And you see what your mind needs is downtime and your phone and your computer and your game stations. In other words, on your PC, or if you're a gamer on your PC or PlayStation or Xbox or whatever it is you play, does not give you that essential downtime. Well, I listen to meditation apps. No, still not giving you that necessary downtime because your mind doesn't shut off and it continues to build up into a fight or flight uh, mentality all the time. It's on your fight or flight setting all the time. So the essential thing for you to understand is my mind needs downtime. And downtime is essential because downtime also leads you to sleep. And without sleep, your mind becomes sleep deprived and it cannot function on the level that it needs to. How does that tie in with anxiety? Perfect. Your mind is constantly in fight or flight mode, with mode, which is very anxious and you're consuming so much that you're becoming addicted because there is a type of dopamine that hits every time you hit that phone, whether no matter what it is that you're watching, no matter what it is that you're listening to, no matter what it is that you're doing, no matter what it is, the apps that you're clicking or the games that you're playing, you are feeding a dopamine addiction. Test me on it. Test me on it. Go without your phone this week other than phone calls and texts. Don't get on Instagram. Don't get on LinkedIn. Don't get on any of those things. Test me on it. Don't play your video games for two weeks. Don't play your video games for a month. 
Test me on it and see what your mind does. It's constantly wanting to reach out. If you're having a problem, if you've just said, I remember telling a guy one time, I said, hey, look, man, in a haul truck, you can't have a phone. I'm sorry. Unless you're on a Bluetooth device, and even on that, when you're on these tricky switchbacks, you can't have a phone. I don't want you to be distracted because I don't want you to die or kill someone else. And I've seen you texting while you are in the haul truck. He said, man, I'm telling you, I'll quit. If I can't have my cell phone, I'll quit. Now, that, if that's not the voice of an addict, I don't know what is. He said, I can't live without my phone. I'll buy a burner phone. I said, well, you buy a burner phone and I'll confiscate it just the same as I would the first one. So you can decide right now, do I fire you now or do you hand over your phone? Because what you're doing is extremely dangerous. You're going down switchbacks in a mountain and you're choosing a phone over safety in someone else's life. So what's it going to be? Your job or your phone? And I remember him looking at me having a very difficult moment. And then when he handed the phone to me, it was very hard for him to do that. So I ask if you're listening today. Shout out, by the way, to Bangladesh. Shout out to, to uh, Indonesia. Shout out to Africa. Shout out to all over the United States, Germany, Ireland, England, Canada. What's up? Yeah, hey, love your bacon. <laughs> for all you people that are listening out there, all the places our statistics show we have listeners. South America, Brazil, what is up, guys? Do you have a hard time with your phone? You see, because garbage in, garbage out. When you're constantly pouring these things in your mind, you're not allowing your brain to work at the place where it's supposed to. You wouldn't run your car out of gas. Not on purpose. You don't run your car out of gas. You know that you've got to put gas in it. You also know that you have to put oil in it. you got to put the proper things inside that engine for it to run properly. Well, I hate the fact that the narrative isn't being said with all these anxiety uh, companies that are that are putting out pills and medication and they're making billions of dollars on it, none of them are asking you how much downtime are you giving your mind. The next thing that I have to ask myself when I'm feeling all that anxiety and anxiousness, not only how much downtime am I giving in my mind, how much am I actually, what, I, what am I actually consuming online? What am I consuming in social media? What am I consuming? In other words, what am I allowing my eyes and my ears to receive? If it's a constant barrage of negativity and ignorance, guess what? That's what comes out in me. And I get anxious because of that. If it's constantly stealing my peace, you're going to have anxiety, right? It only stands to reason. If I'm watching things that I know convict me as a person, as a Christian, and I know that's something that I shouldn't be watching, how much more is it going to make me feel about, about my present time in life? If I'm making those compromises, now, I'm not trying to sell rhetoric here, but I'm asking you, how much ignorance are you pouring into your mind? Well, I think it's funny. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then you're just going to get more of the same. It's the same concept of how, much, how the people you hang out with you become. You hang out with a bunch of guys that are going nowhere. You hang out with a bunch of guys that all they do is smoke dope and, dope and drink beer. You, you hang around with a bunch of ladies that all they do is chase guys and trying to get married and trying to get hitched because that's all they care about. They don't, they're not career-minded. They're not trying to move forward. They're not trying to make something out of themselves. Guess what? You're going to become that eventually. You're going to become that eventually. You become who you hang out, and I'm going to tell you, you become and adapt to what you focus on. My dad used to say, hey, man, you veer to what you focus on. When he would teach me how to drive, we live out in very rural area and we have very narrow roads and we drive big vehicles, right? America. We drive four wheel drive, three quarter tons and big vehicles. And he said, Michael, at night, 
He said, what people have tended to do is they'll watch that oncoming car and they'll focus on their headlights and they'll veer towards it. And a lot of times we'll either dead on hit that car or sideswipe it. He said, so you've got to be very careful what you focus on because you veer towards what you focus on. You veer towards what you focus on. I'm going to tell you, if you are looking at a ton of ignorance online on TikTok and Instagram and all these apps, if you're constantly looking at a lot of violence, if you're constantly looking at a lot of just flat out stupidity or provocative, exotic things, you're going to veer towards those things. You're going to veer towards it because that's what you're focusing on. And then not only that, you're not giving your mind the proper downtime because when you go to sleep, I'm going to tell you what, your mind's still thinking about those things. It's still running like a program because your mind's a computer and your fan is running. And you need to let that thing shut down completely. So what do I do? I fast. I actually fast by social media time. Sometimes you'll see on, if you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll see that I'll repeat posts over and over and over again. Or you'll see posts that maybe... Um, are scheduled and you're re you're recognized they're coming out too regularly and normally right because I'm pretty bombastic about how I post if I think about it and it strikes me I post I do pay attention to algorithms I do pay attention to all that stuff but really if the if the muse hits me I'm going to put it out there into the universe and see what happens and so for me if you see that regularity and you see that constant posting and you see I'm probably fasting I'm not opening my phone. I'm not touching it. I'm not looking at it for anything other than phone calls or my clients. I am not allowing that thing to rule me and tell me when I need to pick it up and look at it. I don't. Uh, as far as the computer is concerned, the only reason why I'm on the computer today is to record this, <laughs> to film things for our online platform, to film lessons, to, to work. And other than that, I'm going to shut it off. And daily, I want that the last hour before I go to bed doing something positive, doing something like reading, to get my mind off of my phone, to get it off of the screen, to get it off the glow of the screen, to get my mind to calm down so I'm not seeing pop-ups. Up, pop Sometimes I'll give myself two hours for downtime. I've learned to meditate. There's another thing that I've done to try to calm my mind and just simply focus on one particular thing and try to usher out everything in my mind. I'm going to tell you at first it was almost impossible, but now it's getting easier and easier. And it is becoming a situation where I have been able to calm myself down in many situations. But I wouldn't have been able to do that if I don't limit and I don't control what's going on in my life. The same thing with alcohol. Same thing with alcohol. I drink beer occasionally. But there was a time in my life where I drank every night. And a lot of the times it was hard whiskey. I would mix it with Coke or I'd drink it straight. And I was going through a lot of it. And I got to feeling like, guys, I couldn't go to sleep unless I had some whiskey in me. <laughs> or I couldn't do this. I couldn't calm down. And I made excuses of why I needed to drink more and more and more. You see, your online presence in your mind is no different. It will tell you, I need to watch TV. We need to binge watch this show because we got to know what happens next. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have to know what happens next. You see, we've lost our way as human beings. Our primal self only needs food, shelter, and water. Which leads me into the next thing that I do. After asking myself, where is this coming from? After asking myself, how much time have I spent online? Am I overstimulated here? Have I absolutely just drowned myself out with the online presence? What have I been watching? What have I been consuming? Because I'm going to veer to what I focus on, 
The next thing I ask myself when that anxiety button hits, when that depression hits, is this. Hey, are my basic needs being taken care of here? Food, shelter, water? Food, shelter, water. Food, shelter, water. In America today, so many people are so distracted by so many things, they've forgotten how truly blessed they are with food, shelter, water. Their basic needs. You know what? Most people that I coach are better off than 99.9% of the population of this world. We are. We're spoiled. We've become spoiled, and we have allowed certain things to depress us and worry us that are actually victories and good things. It's because we seek comfort so much that we don't know what it's like to fight against the wind and the rain and the weather and life. And we seclude and cocoon ourselves in our phones and our apps and our televisions and our nice little houses, and we shield ourselves from the world. So when things actually do go wrong, we feel (gasps) anxiety, depression. Fact of the matter is, we were meant to feel those things. It's called life. It's called life. We were meant to hurt. We were meant to laugh. We were meant to cry. We were meant to feel. So, again, I ask myself, food, shelter, water, is everything taken care of? Am I about to lose a house? Because <laughs> guess what? I know what that's like. I know what it's like when the bank's calling and there's a good chance you're going to lose your house. I know what it's like to have the electricity shut off. I know what it's like to have the water shut off because we couldn't pay the bills. I've been there. I know what that's like. I know what that's like to look out the window. Someone pulls in your driveway and you wonder if that's the repo guy coming to get your car. I know what it's like to have a repo guy actually knock on my door to get him get a car. <laughs> Luckily, at that time, it wasn't my car. It was someone else's. So you got to ask yourself in my basic needs. And for those of you that are listening and your basic needs aren't being taken care of, I'm going to tell you something. You absolutely can do this. You can get through this. Don't let this moment overwhelm you. Take that deep breath, start over and start to think about, hey, what can I do? What can I do? Stop focusing on all the things that you're not. Start focusing on the things that you are and your controllables and go from there. And I'm going to also say, take this opportunity to say, some good prayer life doesn't hurt. Talk to the man upstairs. You may not know what to do, but I guarantee he does. So, If your basic needs are taken care of and you start to look at your social media content and you're like, hey, look, I need to take a break here. Hey, I don't need to binge watch anything here. Hey, I don't need to have screen time here. The next thing, and then I ask, you know, obviously in the beginning, like I said, where is this coming from? If I've gone through all of those elements, the next thing that I ask is, what am I physically consuming? So first it goes to, where is this coming from? Secondly, how much time have I busied my mind and am I overstimulated? How much garbage have I put in my brain by camping out on my phone and just becoming more ignorant because you fear to what you focus on? Then I ask myself, are my basic needs taken care of? And if I checklist all of those things, I'm going to ask this next question and I'm going to leave you with this. What am I consuming physically? There are so many options for quick meals today that are absolute and complete garbage. And we as a world need to get back to eating natural. We need to get back to stop consuming overly processed foods and sugar and annex it more and more from our lives. I'm sorry, monsters monsters that you drink are disgusting. They are awful for you. They are racing you towards horrible train wreck of diabetes. 
And if you don't think that doesn't occupy space in your mind and cause you anxiety, you are insane. You are absolutely not looking at reason because I'm going to tell you right here and right now, all that caffeine and all that sugar is horrible for you. Then I ask myself, okay, if I'm not consuming a lot of sugar, how much alcohol? Because that has sugar. And then I ask myself, okay, how many processed foods? Am I eating things that are natural? Did this thing run once? <laughs> Did this thing walk? Did it crawl? Did it fly? Did it swim? Was it grown over root? Now, I'm not a vegan, but I am very, very uh, big on eating as much good fruits and veggies as you can and good quality meat if you can get it. And if you can't, strive to get as close to that as you can. And fast food. Fast food's a big killer, man. There's so much junk in fast food. They'll say those beef burgers. I'm going to tell you something. If you really put that hamburger on a Petri dish, would it actually be real beef? I seriously doubt it. <laughs> Coke, sodas, those types of things, when you're consuming those things, those were never meant to be in our bodies. And they cause you all kinds of anxieties and problems with you being able to think you being able to reason, you being able to think for yourself and for you to be able to get out of that fight or fight mode so you can have that necessary downtime so you can optimize sleep. How close to bedtime are you consuming food, period? For me, if, if, if I'm too close to bed, if I'm within an hour of going to bed and I eat, I'm in big trouble. Because my body is using energy to digest that food. So I want to be as close to having an empty belly as I possibly can before I go to sleep. So my body doesn't have to worry or concern itself with processing foods. It's not putting energy towards that while I'm sleeping. Prepping for sleep is so extremely important. And asking yourself that question whether you're doing that or not. If you're staying up watching TV until you go to bed, if you're eating within an hour of bedtime, I'm going to tell you, if you're struggling with anxiety, if you're struggling with depression, this is something you need to look at. So let's recap. I always ask myself when I'm getting depressed, I'm in that fight or flight mode. I'm worried about something or life isn't where I want it to be and I'm super frustrated. I have to ask myself, where is this coming from? Is this a controllable? Is this something that I'm doing? Is this something that someone else is doing? Do I need to talk to somebody? Where is this coming from? I need to diagnose it. Secondly, what am I consuming online? Am I watching things that I know convict me and I know I should not watch them? Okay. How much of it am I consuming? Am I just piling my brain with one bit of busyness after another? How much screen time have I had on television? Am I binge watching? Am I doom scrolling? Okay, that needs to stop it. And if I can't fast it and I can't stay off of it, it's an addiction and I've got a problem and I need to do something about it because I deserve to love myself in such a way that I'm free of it. Then I ask myself, okay, are my basic needs cared for? Because if they are, if they are, then I can know, know that I'm safe and everything's okay. <laughs> and lastly, lastly, what am I consuming? What am I eating? Because if I'm eating junk and I can diagnose that, I realize that depression and anxiety is actually a lie. Because nine times out of 10, your depression, your anxiety is a lie and it's your body or it's your mind lying to you about the facts really are. You're talking to a guy who's madly in love with his wife. You're talking to a guy that just loves his kids. 
you're talking to a guy who lives in a tiny house out in the middle of nowhere. I've got it made and I still feel anxiety. I still feel fear. I still feel depression. So here's the last thing. I lied. I lied about the other thing being the last thing is discipline. Discipline of the mind. Constantly telling myself, Michael, everything is okay. Michael, nothing's on fire. Michael, this depression and this anxiety is causing you to focus on everything negative and you are not moving forward. So you need to start feeding yourself with positive things. One of the things I do is read the good book. I read the Bible. Another thing that I do is read great books like um, Obstacle is the Way, Jocko Willink and Leif Babin's Extreme Ownership, Dichotomy for Leadership. That's great books. Uh, Michael Bowman's got a book out there that I'd like to plug. It's called Lead from the Middle on Amazon right now. It is a, has a beautiful cover. It is a small book with a huge impact. I do these types of things to get myself to calm down, educate myself, and grow myself. Because at the end of the day, if you're not feeling right with yourself, you're always going to feel depression and you're always going to be feeling anxiety. Forward movement does so much. Forward movement does so much to relieve your fears and your anxieties. I hope this helped today. I really do. And if you do these things and implement them regularly, I'm going to tell you, you're gonna build a legacy that will far surpass your legend and inspire others to do the same. And that, my friends, is how we change the world. God bless you. Have a great week.